Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today, Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you this morning. Good morning, Dr. Paul. It's my fault that we're late. I'm sorry to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it. <laughs> well, we do have a tight schedule, but so does the whole world have a tight schedule. And uh, we want to talk today, and guess what? A little bit about uh, propagandizing support for the Ukraine war. Yep. You know, they, every time they make an announcement of that, they always say, the, the war, uh, 99 times out of 100, it's usually the war was started by the Russia invasion of Ukraine. Yeah. It's always that way. I rarely see it unless it's our friends who are writing. They might say, NATO's war against Russia. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. what's going on. Accomplished by a coup back in 2014 and before that, that was geared up. And so, but, uh, you know, I think what's elicited this meeting that we're going to talk about, uh, Boris, uh, Boris Johnson came out over here to, uh, to give the Republicans a pep talk. Yeah. In the United things. States, they're afraid they're weakening. But what really happened might be, in a way, uh, good news because uh, they said, well, he had to come over and cheer him up. So he went and he, he still thinks Bush is the president. Yeah. So he had this meeting with Bush up in Dallas. But uh, the story is, of course, uh, you, you know, uh, Trump, Trump is not a non-interventionist. Yeah. But once in a while he comes down on the right side, so he just dismissed this whole thing. We don't need to be doing this and uh, just get get over with it. Quit what's we're doing in, uh, in Ukraine. But then uh, DeSantis says, no, it's not our business. That's sort of their problem they should do. But both leading candidates yeah. of the Republican Party are taking a position. Now, are they being more independent-minded, more creative, reading about non-intervention or reading the Constitution? I don't think so. But I think there's a gut reaction with the American people are starting to say, hey, this this is enough. We're tired of it all. And so I, I got to thinking, I, I don't think that this, this Boris is related to the other Boris that yeah. we knew. And, and yet I always thought they were similar in some ways. But now I've discovered that Boris Johnson is a well, he's a player. He's a neo Boy, for him to be picked, to come over here and straighten out the American people and make sure that he is the uh, expert in, in organizing the money to go to the manufacturers and keep the war going on. Uh, so he was over here for a meeting for a pep talk in Dallas, but he certainly had to go by and see his old friend George W. Bush. Yeah. And, uh, and this... Uh, you know, I kept looking for, I wanted to know who attended that meeting, but I couldn't find that. Maybe we'll hear about it. But it's, uh, the, the issue is very clear. But I guess there's a little bit of surprise on my part that uh, maybe this is a sign of a weak policy to think that the American foreign policy can be pulled up and, 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 and uh, kept, kept going with, with Boris Johnson, you yeah. know. So anyway, he, he was here for that. And his main goal was to make sure that people knew and understood that you know the that uh, the war against Russia by Ukraine is much more significant much more important than uh, you know trying to start a war with uh, China yeah. and uh, starting a new world currency and that sort of thing. So anyway, he, he was here for a purpose. I'm surprised of it. I hope uh, 
I hope he has no success, but that depends. Maybe it depends on the very first thing I said. Maybe this is the American people subtly sending a message through their top candidates. And uh, now, now it's the war party or the Democrats. And uh, that remains to be seen what will happen in the rest of this year. But let's just hope the anti-war sentiment continues to grow. Yeah, the War Party of the Democrats, with one big exception, which is RFK, which we talk about quite often. Yeah. <laughs> but let's put up that first um, clip, because this is from Politico Europe. Uh, send in Agent Bojo. Boris Johnson dispatched <laughs> to Texas to shore up Republican support for Ukraine. You mean he came to Texas, Dr. Paul, and didn't come to our studio? I can't believe that. <laughs> but anyway, it does, it does actually, you're right. I mean, this sort of underscores what we've been talking and following along for some time now, which is any poll you look at, Republican support for Biden's war against Russia using Ukraine is slipping, 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 overwhelming opposition to sending in more money, overwhelming opposition to getting involved among Republicans. And so what you have is Republican leadership, the elites here, who are still all for it because there's a lot of money in these wars. And then you have the rank and file Republicans and some rebels within the Republican Party in D.C. saying, no, this is it, we're done. So what do they do? They send in Boris Johnson and if you put this next one up, uh, this is from that article. The former UK Prime Minister flew to Texas as a growing number of conservative lawmakers, candidates and activists has started to question the size of the US support package for Ukraine. So we know what the size of that package is, over $100 billion with zero accountability. We talk, it, we talk about it all the time. And here's what Johnson had to say. It shows how out of touch he is. If you can go to that next one. So he had a fancy lunch in Dallas. He insisted Western backing for Ukraine need not be indefinite, telling those present he had every hope the Ukrainians will be able to deliver a very substantial counterpunch this summer. And he believed there was a prospect of complete Russian military collapse. We have been hearing this from people like him for an entire year. They were talking up the counterpunch, the counteroffensive this summer, until even the State Department, we know from these leaked papers, even the State Department thinks there's really nothing to counterpunch with. There's going to be no counterpunch. And that's why they, even the, what we said yesterday on our show, Dr. Paul, the State Department said, well, um, the goal really is no longer a victory. It's just to put them in a better position for negotiating. So the long and short of it is Boris Johnson came over here to lie to Republican leaders, to convince them to continue supporting this losing cause. And we'll talk about it later. But Boris Johnson himself is absolutely drenched in Ukrainian blood, but I have something later on that. <laughs> you know, the uh, at the meeting, uh, businessmen came, lo and behold, probably out of the military industrial complex. The companies weren't listed. And uh, the, the uh, article that you uh, cited one uh, said that one businessman uh, present, uh, present pressed Johnson on corruption in Ukraine, <laughs> uh, which he said he had heard was really bad again <laughs> <laughs> so Whoa. what does this suggest yeah the, the businessman wasn't there to lecture the morality yeah. of the ukrainians yeah. he was there worrying about his his uh, his uh, flow of cash into yeah. their company if if he was part of the uh, of the military industrial complex but it's really bad again but you know the former prime minister our leader uh, of of great britain <laughs> yeah. insisted the 50 billion dollar spending package agreed by biden 
would prove would prove to be value for the money. Where they're going to we're going to get the money. The American taxpayers should forget it. Yeah. Don't be so stingy. The U.S. In, this is Johnson. The U.S. is getting a huge boost for global security for a relatively small outlay. Oh, well, it's not so bad. I mean, why are we why are we worrying about this deficit and all that kind of stuff, you know? A huge it's, 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 it's the division of the dividing up the loot is the yeah. problem. A huge boost in global security. So that's what's called when you bring us to the verge of World War III. <laughs> yeah. security. And you remember Boris Johnson, we talked about him in 20 and 21. He's the guy who locked down the rest of the country and held a bunch of parties at his office <laughs> where everyone was drinking, no masks, no anything. So that's the kind of corruption that he is. And of course, he hated in the UK. He was kicked out. You know, he was a complete failure and a disaster. Um, but here's something interesting that I really want to point out, Dr. Paul. And I think the real uh, important part of this is the deep, deep corruption that our foreign policy is completely steeped in. And if you skip ahead one and go to the next one, where that's just uh, Dateline Dallas, Britain might have fallen out of love with Boris Johnson. But Ukraine's allies in the U.S. reckon the charismatic ex-prime minister, I don't know who picked that word, but was still the perfect message. Now, here's a part I wanted to point out, Dr. Paul, and this is how Politico writes it. Pro-Ukraine think tankers on Monday brought Johnson to a private lunch in Dallas. And so when you read that, you'll think, oh, it's just a non-government organization. It's just a think tank like the Ron Paul Institute, just getting donations from people that, you know, like our mission. Well, guess what? Move on to the next one, because who are these think tankers? Well, they're not think tankers. Following the visit, the previous visit, the Center for European Policy Analysis, a bipartisan Ukraine-supporting think tank based in Washington, decided to enlist his, uh, his uh, Johnson support. So they make it look like it's an objective, bipartisan, non-government, non-profit. They're just doing it for the good of mankind. Well, we know and our viewers know that's not the case because go to the next one. Who supports this organization, the Center for European Policy Analysis? Well, they're not shy about telling us. List of supporters for 2022 fiscal year. Amazon Web Services, okay, they do a lot of business with the deep state. BAE, that's the British Air System. That is the, that is the military industrial complex in the UK. And keep going to the next one. Lockheed Martin, National Endowment for Democracy. That's the US government's regime change organization. NATO's Public Diplomacy Division. They also fund this so-called think tank. The Russia Strategic Initiative at the European, US European Command. So that's the US military, the Pentagon funds this organization. And go back one next one. And who else funds this organization? The US State Department. So this is not just some little think tank do-gooder, we want to save the world. No, these are funded lavishly by the military-industrial complex and the U.S. government. So the idea, so the, the, the deep corruption, sorry to go on, Dr. Paul, but the deep corruption is this money was stolen from us, the money was sent to these think tanks, and they use it to lobby us to give more money. Successfully, it's, unfortunately. Yeah. Successfully, yeah. Yes. The, um, uh, 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 in, the, in the article we have been quoting, uh, I can just imagine that Johnson getting the advice, 
Well, you know, we do have some problems with the money and winning and all this sort of thing. But uh, there's a few, you know, right wing kooky people who are warning about the war lasting for 20 years. Yeah. And so he he was I, mean, I just th- theorizing he was probably instructed, make a point that you're not wanting this money forever. <laughs> so he, he does. He gets and makes the point. Johnson insisted Western backing for Ukraine need not be indefinite, telling those present he had every hope that the Ukrainians will be able to deliver a very substantial counterpunch this summer. And he (laughs) believed there was a prospect of complete Russian military collapse <laughs> so why 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 are they why are they worrying what's about the problem? Yeah. <laughs> what's the big they i wish they'd worry more about the budget <laughs> yeah yeah well i wanted to go a little bit into this uh center for european policy analysis because sometimes when you do a deep dive and that's why i'm late because i was doing kind of a deep dive on this dr paul and i I'm, i apologize for that but go into who runs this this is a u.s government and military industrial complex funded think tank put on the next one now here's the head of this. Alina Palyakova, she's the head of the Center for European Policy Analysis. I wonder what her personal background is and why she's so obsessed with Russia because when you look at her CV, her entire career has been spent trying to overthrow the government in Russia. She's the author of the book, The Dark Side of European Integration, which examines the rise of the far-right movements in Europe. I'm sure she's written a lot about Orban in Hungary and how evil they are. Uh, but her whole thing, if you look at her entire resume, it's all deep state, it's all regime change stuff. She's also on the board of the Free Russia Foundation. That sounded a little bit suspicious to me, so I went over and took a look. Well, who's the chairman of the Free Russia Foundation? Let's look at the next one. Oh, it's David Kramer, the head of the McCain Institute for International Leadership. This is the, these are the NGOs are people that are in government. He was in the State Department during the Bush administration. And so who is the president of this Free Russia Foundation? Well, let's go one further, if we can. Natalia Arno, she's the head of the Free Russia Foundation. But prior to this, she worked for the International Republican Institute for 10 years, including six years being IRI's Russia country director. The Russia country director or the country director in any country that's funded by the International Republican Institute is the person who's a point person for regime change because the International Republican Institute is an arm of the National Endowment Democracy, which is an arm of the CIA to overthrow governments. You're saying she ends up actually getting money from our American taxpayer. Yeah, yep, yep. I mean, that, that gets pretty bad. Yeah, it is. And that's, I just, I know it's very detailed, but that corruption is so hideous and awful. Oh. All to keep the war going, you know? <laughs> All that is their goal, and they have several reasons, and I imagine dollars are one of the biggest reasons in the yeah, world because yeah. it, it's very much involved because it's not, not exactly political power. It has to be dollars for a guy like Johnson. He's not, he doesn't have any political yeah. power. Well, you uh, see, he made five, I think five million pounds on speaking since he's been kicked out of office. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hero. Yeah, talk about Oh, not in, Eng- not in England and Britain. <laughs> so he has to come here. Yeah. To re- but here, he has not had a hero's welcome. He had to go to George Bush to get a little bit of a boost in, in energy for to go over and lecture why we have to give more money to them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wanted to just say one other thing about it, Dr. Paul, and that is about Boris Johnson himself. Because and we've talked about this before. I think more than any Western leader, even more than Biden, believe it or not, 
he has the blood of Ukrainians on his hands because there was an amazing interview, and we've talked about it on the show before, with former Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett. And he sat down in Jerusalem with an interviewer. I think they sat for five hours. And this guy just let it all hang out. He told the whole issue. And Israel, of course, is, is very interested in ending this Russia-Ukraine war because there are, there are Israeli interests on both sides of this. They don't want to take sides. And it's in their interest not to. But look this up because this is what Naftali Bennett said in this wide-ranging interview. This is the Israeli news service, I think. If you could put that next one up. Because we've talked about it before, but it's worth remembering. The West blocked Russia-Ukraine peace process, says former Israeli prime minister. And go to the next one. This is that long video. And he was on the verge of a peaceful settlement in April of 22, just over a month before the conflict broke out. He was negotiating. He had him agree to a deal in principle. They were ready to sign it, but then Western governments jumped in and blocked it and said, no, you cannot do this, you cannot stop it. Bennett said the negotiation did not succeed because, quote, a legitimate decision, it was a legitimate decision by the West to keep striking Vladimir Putin. I mean, the most aggressive approach. So that shows very early on, they knew, Dr. Paul, this was not a war about Ukraine. This is a war against Russia. And here's what he said. As if the U.S. and allies blocked the peace process, he said basically yes, they blocked it. And if you'll indulge me, just one more on Bennett because it's so important. Who was the lead on blocking this peace deal, which would have saved probably two or three hundred thousand lives? Well, according to Bennett, his mediation was coordinated down to the last detail with the U.S., France, and Germany. But he said in the wake of fighting, there was no common approach among Western leaders as, quote, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson adopted the aggressive line. And Schultz and Macron were more pragmatic. And Biden was both. I don't think he was either. He didn't know where he was. But so this is it. He stepped in. Boris Johnson personally stepped in and said, no deals. And now hundreds of thousands are dead. That is sick and disgusting. You know, to me, sometimes it's sort of surprising how well the authoritarians get along uh, or, or fight with each other, although they endorse principles of the same, the fascists versus the communists. So you, you see the Hitlers fighting the Stalins and this sort of thing. And right now, you know, there's fascism in Ukraine and uh, there's bits and pieces uh, of the remnant of communists uh, in Russia. But that, that, that to me is uh, pr pretty amazing. But they get together you know, I think it's just strictly over power. It's not a principle because I know you know about the times when the Soviet system collapsed and we had sort of individuals who had even in Russia and different places, they had no trouble morphing over into, you know, corporatism, yeah. corporations and a form of fascism. But it's always, uh, you know, divvying up the loot. And uh, sometimes they have to sound more humane. <laughs> yeah. So the fascist are supposed to be more humane than the communists. But I, I think you uh, just explained that sometimes they can get pretty vicious and they're not too concerned about how many people die as a consequence. How many people have died? We talked about it the other day. How many people have died as a consequence of all the Middle Eastern war because we were fighting the terrorists who, who, who gave us trouble in 9-11? Yeah. You know, and we're still... It's still in the books. Anytime you need a skirmish, we're 9-11, 9-11, let's go after them and keep the wars going. Yeah. That's what that was, it's big money, billions <laughs> of dollars, you know. They'll knife you for a 20 bucks in your pocket. They're certainly gonna do more than that for a few billion. Well, the next way we wanna cover is related because we're talking about corruption. 
and this is a, definitely about corruption. Now there was a 60 Minutes episode over the weekend that interviewed uh, a gentleman called Shea Assad, and this guy, you know, we, we criticize a lot, but there are good people in the Pentagon like him, uh, like our friend Chuck Spinney who had a career at the Pentagon. There are good people there who do look out for American interests, and they are patriotic. Well, this interview was interesting because he detailed the unbelievable profits that are being made by the military-industrial complex off the Ukraine war. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was amazing. When, it, when this subject first came up about the gouging and how much uh, the people will get and, and how much people will spend and how much the taxpayers get stuck for, was in the, in the 70s when I first got involved in politics. And the story was uh, always about the hammer. The, the $200 hammer. Can you imagine a hammer costing 200 Yeah, I can. But that was chicken feed yeah. compared to what they're doing now. They're doing millions and billions of dollars, and it's gouging. I don't, I don't think that word is strong enough. You yeah. know, gouging is, is uh, you know, sometimes gouging word is used when people are just uh, adapting to the marketplace. You know, like there's a hurricane and gasoline prices double. Oh, he's guilty of gouging. That's put him in prison. You know, that's a little bit different than yeah. what we're talking about. We're talking about corruption. And there was one piece of legislation that generally came up and still does. Uh, they just had, we talked about the other day. And the idea is, well, we can't cut spending and we don't want to raise taxes. And they look around and they say, and right now they're looking, uh, people, conservatives are looking and say, you know, there's a lot of waste over in, in Ukraine. What we have to do is clean that up. Are they saying, let's change foreign policy and quit the spending? No. They say, what we have to do, we have, a, we have to have a bill, another bill. We have to stop waste, fraud, and abuse. If we could just do that, we're going to balance the budget just overnight if we could just get rid of waste, fraud, and abuse. What they don't understand, nor do they want to pay attention attention to, every time the Congress passes a bill, most likely, even with, and the intentions have nothing to do with the efficiency of it, they say, well, this is to help the poor, and this is help unemployment, and all this. And that is where it starts, because it's the program that is uh, is wrong and, and causes these problems. So it's got, it's always gouging the taxpayer one way or the other, and some and sometimes the American taxpayer, because on the on the military policy, you know, up until recent years, there's been very there was a time when there used to be about five or six of them would even talk about it, yeah. and uh, and and now though it's, it's getting more common where they talk about that type of gouging but it's it's the philosophy of government government intervention economic intervention and the backstop is always don't sweat it yeah. there's never going to be default because we have the world's printing press, printing yep. press, and that's the dollar standard. But yeah, it may end someday because we do abuse it a little bit. But for now, uh, there will be wasting and fraud and abuse, and it, it's related to bad programs. The welfare warfare state, along with the corruption that you find in the Federal Reserve, which has been around for longer than World War II. It started in uh, 
quickly after 1913 it was passed and lo and behold we were very much involved in World War One, and, and it's continued ever since. So that that is where the waste of fraud and abuse occurs. It's a philosophic thing yeah. rather than that we need more more IRS agents yeah. watching people so that they don't cheat the government. <laughs> as Just as you were saying that, I was writing in my notes about the philosophy. <laughs> you said we're having a brain melt. But you're right. If we have a philosophy of interventionism, there's going to be this spending. It's going to be out of control. So the problem is not the spending. The problem, as you say, and you've been saying for so many years, is the philosophy. But, you know, this uh, Shea Assad is an interesting guy. He started off on the, quote, industry side. He was working for Raytheon, trying to get a, squeeze out as much money from the taxpayer for Raytheon stuff. And he switched over and became a negotiator for the Pentagon and actually uh, was trying to do some good and trying to save some money. But if you can put this next one on, he's talking about the, in, the enrichment of the military industrial complex over this Ukraine war. If you can put on that next clip about him yeah yeah go to the next one there's that th this is from our friends at libertarian institute by the way um gotta give them credit and go to the next one because it's a good write-up but he said he's talking about the astronomical price increases and the detrimental effect on the military that's something that not a lot of people talk about those are related but here's what he said dr paul and he's talking about particularly the ukraine war the gouging that takes place is unconscionable there's no doubt about it you can only buy so much because you only have so much money. Uh, and that is, and this, here's some particulars. So if you put on the next one, just to go through them really quickly. Um, he says, uh, the Stinger missile produced by Raytheon, and that's the Stinger missile, by the way, Dr. Paul, that failed in Ukraine. It didn't do much. It cost 25,000 bucks in 1991. It now costs more than $400,000 per missile. He called it an eye-watering increase. And it is, Dr. Paul. Um, and go to the next one because he says Lockheed and Boeing were found to have yielded an over 40% profit on sales of the Patriot surface-to-air missiles to Washington and its allies. He explained that companies saw a windfall of hundreds of millions of dollars on the deals over seven years. And quote, based on what they actually made, we would have received an entire year's worth of missiles for free. So he's talking about the incredible boondoggle and how wealthy these creeps, anti-American creeps, are getting off war. You know, if we had change in policy, the 40% uh, is mediocre because it's nearly 100% because there would be so little need for building weapons after weapons, you know, and, and always looking for a war to practice it. That's what they're doing down in the South China Sea. Yeah. Let's test these naval vessels and naval naval missions and then, and then the uh, aerospace and th this whole work. They just continue to do it. So when once again, it's back. It's back to the endorsement of a policy where uh, you, you know we have a national defense. But how much would it be needed to uh, uh, have an adequate defense? You know, it's a lot less than 60%. If they say 40% is gouging yeah. <laughs> and you entered into the whole need and all, but it's all encouraged by this illusion about patriotism and people follow this. And also, it's also to put a guilt trip on people yeah. the same way they use race. If you don't endorse all this nonsense going on that, oh, you must be a racist. You yeah. must be a racist. So put a guilt trip on them, and the people can't handle that. That's why I think it's uh, 
because they know it's wrong, but they are afraid of it. That's why I think philosophy is the answer. You have to reassure people that uh, your position is correct. And just because you're against food stamps doesn't mean you're against starving people. Yeah. You're, you're, you're have, you give an answer on why you don't have starving people. And all this welfare warfare stuff it does the opposite. Is, is the warfare defense? No, it's warmongering. Yeah. Is it uh, welfare? No, it's uh, starvation. And I hear more street people in this country than uh, probably ever. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. Well, we can't go without saying thanks to our sponsor this month, and of course that's 4Patriots.com. We deal with a lot of heavy things here, and sometimes it can be depressing, and people wonder, well, what can I do? What can we do? Well, one thing you can do is take care of your family, and one way to take care of your family is to make sure that when a crisis comes, you're prepared. You're ready to live a normal life, as normal as possible. And that's what the good folks at 4Patriots.com make possible. They have great uh, generators like the Patriot Power Generator 2000X. It's a new generation of portable, safe, silent, and fume-free generators. Keeps your family safe. It doesn't use gas. It uses solar. That means it doesn't put out fumes. It's not loud. And it's lightweight. You carry it with you wherever you need to go. And, of course, it's expandable if you need more watts. It's no problem. And the best thing about it is when you go to 4Patriots.com, and there is a link in the description right now, use the code RON to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store, not just these great generators, but anything in the store. <coughs> use RON, get your discount, 4Patriots.com. And thanks again to this great company for keeping us on the air. Dr. Paul, Very it's good. up to you. I'm, I'm going to finish with a little note uh, that you sent me this morning uh -oh. <laughs> to make sure, I didn't, <laughs> that make sure I didn't miss it. And keeping up with the news of the day, the most important news, and who knows, it may be pretty darn important when you think of uh, the social structure and the moral structure of this country. But this is just a, thing, a, a little, little old note, but it's, it's, a, it's a ton of information. The L.A. Dodgers have caved and invited an anti-Christian homosexual hate group to join their Pride Night in June. Uh. So, you know, it's on and on. But uh, the question is, is you know, th this might be another like maybe this will uh, flip around because <clears throat> but uh, I think that I, I don't watch balls these ball games but I think I t heard the news that the Dodgers did pretty pretty well last night but there maybe the people will get upset with this uh, <clears throat> you know their outrage over football finally changed that around and the outrage over lockdowns people have to wake up and do something if you can't do anything else like Ann Rand said, strike, don't use their products. <laughs> and I, too, want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.